art of wise living, and one element of such wisdom is prayer. But prayer is not only an occasional theme in Proverbs. We should pray through the entire book. Proverbs in this book are not merely handy tips for life to be put coldly into action one by one. They are God's summons to sinful fools to step into the green pastures and still waters of wise living under God. To live out these Proverbs requires the endless resource of the Holy Spirit, and to this end, we must read Proverbs prayerfully. Isn't that good? And so, um, as we... As we go to scripture, we should always um, be reading it um, prayerfully and carefully. I don't know that I've ever shared this or if I have I have it in a long time. But, you know, when we think about going to the Word and, and we think about feasting on the Word and, and getting all that we can, and you think about this aspect of, of prayerfully, if, just think about a feast and think about... Um, Psalm 119 talks about eating eating the word word is like honey from a honeycomb um, and, and so when, if, if, you, if you think about the word and you think about eating one of the things we want to do in our own personal study is we want to uh, take a, a passage we talked about this a little bit last week we have to get real with the word we can't live without the word so you take a, you take a, a section of scripture that you want to interact with and you, you need to read it several times and get to en- enjoy and understand everything that's in there so you you read that that one section several times and and internalize it so rather than reading four chapters and it's good to read through and get the big panoramic view if we were going to really dive into proverbs we might take proverbs um, one through seven this this opening and, and we might we might read it ten times um, m- many very, very gifted men and great preachers uh, have said to young preacher boys over and over, before, before you ever read a book, you, you ought to read through it every single day for at least a month. I've heard others say for at least four months. Um, just the idea of having it completely internalized and understand what's there. And uh, so there is that place where we read to get the full panorama so think about thanksgiving dinner um you just don't rush into thanksgiving dinner right you look at the spread that's been put out there and you just sort of enjoy the whole spread and even before you you know you look before you've eaten you're looking at it and you're thinking man cranberries and uh, you know butternut squash and turkey and ham and anybody hungry yet But you're getting the view of the whole thing and knowing everything that's going to be there because you're going to you're going to sit sit down and that's reading is like taking a bite if you would and then you meditate you you know you meditate you 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 chew on it Um, Judy jokes with me if she gives me something she'll say slow down don't don't eat like a seagull Um, you know I. She says, you swallowed that so fast you can't even taste it. Slow down. Matter of fact, sometimes when she wants to give me something uh, really good like a candy, she'll only, I'm not going to give you another one for 30 seconds. (laughs) She's doing this lovingly now. But um, but we, 
you, you know, you, you chew the food, you chew it, you, you chew the word. As you're reading that through, you're, you're chewing, and then as you chew, you pray it. Um, that, that's the whole idea of, Lord, I need your spirit to give me understanding here. Your spirit must impart to me. If God doesn't reveal himself to us, we won't know him. And so we ask the Spirit of God to take that which we are, we've read and we've tasted, we've bit on it, and now we're, we're chewing it. Lord, give me all that I can take from this passage, from this text. And, and then, you know, you can, even, you can even feel it in your mouth, and then that, that food gets into your body, and your blood sugar level goes up, and you feel just wonderful. And it's the same thing with word. As you take that word in, it goes into the digestive system and those nutrients start going to you and you start coming like Christ. And yes, sometimes that means I repent. Sometimes that means I do something do, but it's step-by-step it's step conforming me to the, to the image of Christ. And that's what we look and we attempt to do when we're, we're jumping into the word. And so we're looking at, at this uh, book of Proverbs. And we're going to look at the overarching theme, which particularly in the first um, nine chapters is the fear of the Lord. I pulled this out of the MacArthur Study Bible. Um, many other places you could get it. Everyone that I've read is slightly different, but they basically say the same thing. But, you know, the fear of the Lord, the reverential awe and admiration... Uh, submissive fear is foundational to all spiritual knowledge and wisdom. The right view of God and his word humbles us as we pursue uh, knowing God. So look at Proverbs chapter 1 and let's just look at this to begin with. The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, the king of Israel. And so we know Solomon is the writer of some of the Proverbs. He's not the writer of all of them, but he's the, he's the writer of a vast number of them. And we know that he was the author of uh, literally hundreds and hundreds and thousands of Proverbs. These are captured here in the uh, book of, of Proverbs uh, for us. Uh, it certainly um, begs the question, and the commentaries deal with it heavily, and, and there's you know, some disagreement within it, but most people would, um, many would say that he was probably about 40 years old when he wrote this book. Why do you think they come to the conclusion that he was about 40 years old rather than, let's just say, 60 years old? Why would you think that maybe he's a, a younger man when he writes this book? Got a shot at that? Pardon me? Yeah. I, I mean, we see him as a young man, right? And as a young man, he's, he's, what do you want from me, Solomon? Grant to me wisdom that I might judge such a great people. What a tremendous prayer. He, he was wise before he was wise to ask for that. Um, I mean, it's stunning that he would ask for that, really. And he, and he did, and God gave it to him, and he had all this wisdom, 
But we get to the end of his life, and it's very clear, as it tells us in First Kings, I think it is, that his 300 wives and his, I don't know how many thousand concubine, turned his heart away from the Lord. And, and the, the end of his life is a complete disaster. And he even admits that, doesn't he, in the book of Ecclesiastes. In the book of Ecclesiastes, he, he comes to the end of that book and says, hear the conclusion of the whole matter. I was a jerk. And that's basically what he's saying. That's translated, Larry Brody translation. Hear the conclusion of the whole matter. I was a jerk. Here's what, here's what I should have done, and here's what you need to do. Fear God and keep his commandments. That's, that's, that's it. Fear God. And, and so... Well, I don't want to come to the end of my life and, and have that realization then. I, I, I want to walk in that fear um, all of my life, and I'm, I'm sure you do uh, as well. So this is Solomon. He's the king, David's son, and there was a period of time in his life when he was, as Scripture attests, the wisest man on the face of the earth, and much of that is captured right here um, for us. To know wisdom and instruction, to discern the sayings of understanding, to receive instruction in wise uh, behavior. I'm told in the, the Hebrew that that has the idea to receive instruction in wise behavior. The wise behavior meaning in that crisis time when a young man in particular... A young man, again, the book doesn't tell us exactly, so you can't know, but the idea is because there is so much in here that deals with somebody that would be of marrying age and might even be married that I, I, I don't personally think, and what I've read, most authors don't think, this is like, this is the book that was primarily written for an eight-year-old. It would work wonderful for an eight-year-old, but it's, it's, it's a book that's written for somebody that's a, a marriable age so maybe 16 18 20 and here he is 40 and he's he's writing this book to these young men and he knows that at every season of life but at this season of life you need to have wisdom discretion discernment when you come to that crisis of temptation do I do I go left or I do go right? My, my friends are trying to take me down this path. Wisdom says go down this path. This book is full of helping you at that point of what should I do? Choose wise living rather than being the fool. Following folly. And, and it's on almost every topic that you can think of. And, and so it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful book in that way from the standpoint of parenting, from the standpoint of uh, how, how do you get along with other people, standpoint of finances and politics, all of it, it's, it, it's all in here. But in, in each case, it's a, it's a parable. It's saying, listen, here's the thing. You could do this and you could do that. And if you do this, this is what happens. And if you do that, that's what happens. Wow, what a tremendous book. What a book to be able to share with one another and ourselves and, and, and with our children so, so people would know. And so we'll go back and look a little bit at these words uh, in time. But if I spent all the time on the introduction, we'd be here three months before we got to, 
to the fear of the Lord. So we're going to move on to the fear of the Lord. Discernment, discern the sayings of the understanding to receive instruction in wise behavior, righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the naive, to the youthful knowledge and discretion. Look, we're leading up to verse 7 here, and verse 7 is going to talk about the fear of the Lord. Remember I said you can't disconnect the fear of the Lord from wisdom and humility. So this, this whole thing begins by saying this is a book to understand God's wisdom, right? And now we're here at verse 5, and it says a wise man. A wise man will increase in learning. The only way you'll increase in learning is if you realize you don't know it all. There, there has to be a humility about you. You have to be teachable. There's humility in this person. A wise man, you could say a humble man. A humble man will be wise. An arrogant man will not be. An arrogant man won't be teachable. An arrogant man already thinks he knows everything he needs to know. And and so a wise man will hear and will increase in learning and a man of understanding will acquire wise counsel. I want to know more. I want to make sure I don't make a mistake. Why? Because I want to please the Lord. To understand a proverb and a figure. Some of the proverbs are head scratchers. What exactly does this mean? What is this telling me? And as we understand the, the book and its flow, we can, we can figure out exactly what it means. The words of the wise and their riddles. You remember how Jesus taught in parable? So that those that really cared, really hungered and thirsted after righteousness would know, but to those who had a hard heart and were blind, they wouldn't understand a thing that he was saying. The, the book of Proverbs is, is written oftentimes in a riddle, and you need the Spirit of God to give you illumination to, to understand it. So he goes to verse 7, and he says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. So the fear of the Lord. I put down some <clears throat> recommended resources there. <clears throat> and uh, I have these and, and, and use these. If, <clears throat> if you wanted to see one, I was actually going to bring them in, but when it started raining, it was just too much stuff to carry. Uh, but anyhow, much of the information I got here, um, Michael Laurie um, just gave it to me. Little Michael, what a, what a blessing he is to us. What a blessing... Expositor Seminary is to this this ministry because whether that's Michael or whether that's Tim or whether that's Matt or whether that's Jesse um, whether that's Clay what these men lack and are gaining year by year in experience uh, they don't lack in understanding the language um, they don't they don't lack in understanding how to handle the Greek text and the Hebrew text and uh, it's, it's amazing the resource they are to people like me who never had that. And so I said to Michael, I need a little help here with Proverbs. I got a couple of questions. And he said, help. He said, I taught all the way through that book. I'll, I'll give it to you, and you're free to use it however you want. And so some of this information that we're going to go over, Michael has uh, taught first and plowed the ground and, and helped me with it. So... Um, Carol, it's okay if the buttons are popping off your uh, your, your jacket, and uh, you've got a fine young 
young son there. Um, and so I thank Mark and may the fruit abound um, to his to his account. So let's grab at least before we get through the day the definition of the uh, of the fear of the Lord. I gave you one up there from the MacArthur Study Bible. Here's another one. The fear of the Lord is that heart attitude which has humbly submitted to, stands in awe of, and by faith joyfully lives in light of all that God has revealed to us and done for us. And so we, by, by fearing him, we want to we wanna live for him. We want to know what he says. And when we find out what he says, then we do it the best that we can. And when we, when we fail, we, we confess that and, and we desire because we love him and, uh, and yet we fear him. The book of Proverbs uses the, the phrase which goes together, the fear of the Lord, 15 times. Uh, that's, that's a lot. Um, and here's the first five. Uh, I think we read them before here about two weeks ago. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Then the 29th verse of the first chapter says, Because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. So they chose themselves. They wanted to be God themselves. They don't want to submit to and be under. And that's a choice that we often make every single day. Will we submit to the Word? Is he... Is he, in fact, Lord uh, of our lives? Proverbs 2.5 says, Then you will discern the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. So as we, as we fear the Lord, as, this, as we understand this fear and as this, this reverential awe, this desire to know him um, grows in, in our heart, then we, he, he reveals himself. To us through His Word, and, and we get to know Him, know Him better. Proverbs eight thirteen says, "To fear the Lord is to hate evil." So when I don't hate evil, I I know that there's an area there that I need to grow in the fear of the fear of the Lord, and um, that's that's one of the the things I would assume that you do. It's one of the things that believers do. You 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 note an area in your life that you're you're struggling and you recognize you're missing the mark and that that sin is clear, it's in its work, sin. Well, you recognize if you keep going back to it, you don't hate it, right? I mean, if I hated it, I wouldn't do it. And the fact that I keep doing it means I don't hate it. And so where's the place to start in repentance? One of the ways you start in repentance in that is that you acknowledge that to God. God, I don't hate anger like you hate anger. I don't, you know, whatever it is, fill the. Ba- I don't, I don't hate it, like you hate it. Lord, forgive me, and by your Spirit, help me to hate what you hate, and to love righteousness and purity and integrity and 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 and, and the opposite. And so I'm, I'm praying, God, help me to hate what you hate and love what you love. Does that make sense? Well, that. That's what the fear of the Lord does. That's what this is saying. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. What's the opposite? To just ignore it. Uh, the opposite, it, it, it's, we look and say, 
if I just disobey God, he's gracious, it's no big deal. This says it's evil. It's evil. If I know to do good and I do it not, to him it's what? Sin is what James says. And, and so we see here, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and arrogance in the evil way and the perverted mouth I hate. Proverbs 9, 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So here are four, um, I guess you would say, tenets of the, of the fear of the Lord. We'll just look at one this morning so you sort of get a taste for it and we'll pick it right up next week. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of a wisdom because it leads us to God's wisdom. We will not even care to know true wisdom and to order our lives in a way that is pleasing to God and consistent with his law if our hearts are not controlled by the proper fear of the Lord. We won't even care to know. I just want to be ignorant of it. Certainly without Christ. That's, that's the way we are, right? Bridges says in his book on Proverbs, his wrath is so bitter and his love is so sweet that hence springs of earnest desire to please him and because of the danger of coming short from one's own weaknesses and temptations a holy watchfulness and fear that we might not sin against him that's the that should be the the heart's desire of us as as believers that's wisdom leads us to, to God's wisdom. I want to go to the second one. I wanted to get there, but I can see that with the clock, I, I really don't have time. But here's what I would love you to do this week if you have a chance. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom because it is the essence of wisdom. Read Job 28. It's not a very long passage. The 28th um, verse is the last verse in the passage. It's just 28 verses long, but maybe read that. We're going to look at that um, this next coming week. Wisdom. And uh, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of the wisdom because it's the essence of wisdom, so we have to know what wisdom is. Um, I, I like what Lackey said here. What the alphabet is to reading, notes is to music, and numerals to mathematics. The fear of the Lord is to attain the revealed knowledge of this book. To know God, we have to know his word. And so that's why we, his, his word is wisdom. Unless he reveals it to us, man can't, can't know it. And Job 28 um, fleshes that out for us. So we'll pick this up next week. You'll notice there's implications there. Um, that we're going to look at as a result of the fact that we have to grow in the fear of the Lord. And uh, so, I'm out of time. Father, help us to grow in the fear of the Lord, grow in the knowledge of you who are holy. Help us, Lord, to grow in loving what you love and hating what you hate. Bring us to the end of ourselves. Um, Help us in, 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 everyone, in every way um, to honor you and, and to walk in your truth for the glory of Christ, for our witness to the world.
I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. You are dismissed.